Hey guys, what's up? This is Gabriel Machuret and welcome to show 17 here at Startup Founders. Today I have Jeanette Shia and she is the founder of Hacker Exchange. Hacker Exchange mission is to connect the next generation of entrepreneurs and leaders with the opportunities, passion and network that can only be found in a global innovation site. Yes, I'm reading from their website. The idea is that they offer immersive boot camps and university programs and great connections in different locations in the world, from Silicon Valley, Tel Aviv, Singapore, and Melbourne. What these guys do is they get you as a brand new future startup founder, and they make you a student where you're going to be learning from other leaders, other founders, and technically is they're actually paying forward, okay? and allowing people to learn more. And in that way, hopefully one day, you're going to be one of those people that goes to Hacker Exchange to teach the next generation of founders. This interview is absolutely awesome because I love the fact of building a network and how we can actually learn from each other. That is the philosophy here at Startup Founders. So say hello to Janet Shia at Hacker Exchange here at Startup Founders, show number 17. Janet, thank you so much for being on this show. I'm, I'm excited to have you here. Um, initially, the way the show starts is I ask, I mean, our, uh, our guests to tell us who they are. So tell me a little bit who is Janet Shea, please. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's really nice to chat to you. Um, I guess Jeanette is a very typically Australian story. So I'm actually a, an American-born uh, woman of, of Chinese-Malaysian descent. Uh, ended up growing up around um, in Japan and Singapore, in Brisbane, and now based in Melbourne. Um, and uh, I never would have thought with my very fairly traditional upbringing um, that I would have ended up becoming an entrepreneur. So that's kind of uh, my little snapshot of who Jeanette is to start. Fantastic. And I already started in the wrong way. I actually said, I yeah. mean, I said your, your name in the wrong way. Typical. Oh, that's okay. Do you want to do it again? <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. Let's continue. This is <laughs> awesome. I love my mistakes. Um, so obviously, I mean, you, you're part of Hacker Exchange, okay? That, yeah. I mean, for a start, I love the name. I, uh, when okay. I ask people to recommend who I should interview, they mentioned you and they put Hacker Exchange. And I was like, that's it. I'm going to interview them regardless what they do. Tell us a little bit about <laughs> what is Hacker Exchange, please. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, the Hacker Exchange is uh, is an ed tech company. It, we founded it. Uh, my co-founder Bevis Chang over in San Francisco, and uh, we founded it in uh, 2017, so early 2017. Um, we essentially are a startup supporting other founders. So I think that's uh, something that's you know we're pretty excited to do. Uh, it's an education focused startup which is global in reach. So we essentially connect early stage founders to global innovation ecosystems such as Singapore, uh, Tel Aviv as well as Silicon Valley, um, and also we'll be launching a Melbourne program soon. So our whole thing really is about, when we talk about the hacker exchange, it's really about growth hacking. It's about how, how much can you achieve in an intense two-week program um, and really pushing people to, to deliver something. But um, I guess the cherry on top of the cake is we actually also offer academic credit. So we partner with some of like Australia's biggest universities. So people that go through our program can start a startup and also get credit towards their degree, which is pretty cool. Oh, wow. So it's a perfect mix. Okay. Because many, many sub founders are actually still in university, right? Here in Australia, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think it's a really perfect age to sort of start thinking about the impact that you want to have in the world, because when you're studying, your, your mind is so open and, and you're kind of in that really great environment where you're surrounded by people, you can bounce ideas off them. Um, and oftentimes you don't have 
crazy financial implications at that age. So um, we thought it was a really nice place to start nurturing, um, nurturing new founders. They can still live with their parents, and I don't think they realize yeah. how amazing is that. Yeah. Right. I was I mean, to my we, kids, I, I wish to... I could live with my parents now. I wish I could live with my parents. If I didn't have to pay, yeah, pay for housing, that would be a whole different ball game. Completely. Um, and it, yeah. this is two weeks, a two weeks program, so it's almost like a boot camp, right? Right. We kind of, it's kind of like a boot camp, kind of like a pre-accelerator. I could put a lot of different labels on it. Um, but honestly, um, we didn't intend to create an education business. We, we sort of uh, started out thinking um, around what's the magic in some of these ecosystems? What, what creates the, the vibe in certain cities where founders support each other, governments, corporates, universities are all aligned? And just thought about sprinkling some of that into Australia. Um, and so, so it, was all, it was kind of an accident to sort of realise that the, the education sector was really open to embracing like this kind of thing. Wow, I love it. And, and technically, I, I spoke to, to the founder of uh, Two Space here in Australia, and he was actually yeah, mentioning right. the, the importance, not just about the action of, of meeting people, but the networking. And, and I guess in this case, I'm looking at the photos of, of people of Hacker Exchange, mm. I mean, entrepreneurs. I guess the community must be vital, right? As I mean, after the, the whole, I mean, boot camp or the intensive um, training is those connections that you build. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, um, I completely agree with you. We, we sort of say we have a really long tail on engagement with uh, the students and founders that come through the Hacker Exchange. And these are your people, right? It's very hard sometimes when you're kicking something off to find the people that you can feel comfortable being a little bit nerdy, a little bit vulnerable. Um, you know, you can talk about your hopes and dreams and they don't look at, look at you like you're insane. Um, so I think, I think once we actually start to connect the community and all the different cohorts, like some of the people who went to Tel Aviv and some who went to, to SF, they start to chat and you realise that, you know, suddenly these young people have a network which is not just cross across Australia, it's across universities. They have suddenly a global network, which is really cool, I think, um, stepping out of maybe a three or four year degree and you're, you're 21 and suddenly you have this global network. So yeah, completely. I'm obsessed with that community. I, um, I probably annoy them too much on Facebook, to be honest. <laughs> That's so cool. Now I have a question for you. How different are these new entrepreneurs versus, I mean, all very old people like me. I'm, I'm actually 40 right now. So. Oh really? Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if I think we can talk anymore. Like I know. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> So, so the question here is, do you think they're different because they have all these network support systems? I mean, all these new mentality, building startups is actually cool. So how do you compare the mentality between them? I mean, the new entrepreneur that is, is coming here in Australia. Um, I guess what we're seeing is about, uh, I'd say close to 30% of the, of the founders coming through our program are talking social enterprise from day one. So I think there's wow. a really big sense of um, they are, inverted commas, a little more woke, uh, as the children say. Um, they, they're very much connected with, they've grown up in an age where they know what's going on in their world and their environment. They feel a responsibility to it that I think maybe people in, you know, in my generation and the older generation didn't feel straight away. Um, and so we're seeing a lot of social enterprise focus uh, from a, a connectivity uh, perspective. Um, they're, they're very responsive, very reactive. Uh, there's probably, yeah, I, th I think um. But the biggest thing for me and my personal, you know, uh, joy that I get from what we do is we have the ability to help shape the way they run a business from day one. And it doesn't mean that you're not necessarily just teaching them the spreadsheets and the financials, but it's the mindset and the attitude that they bring into setting up the business and setting it up right, which includes 
a, you know, a level of humanity, a level of empathy, um, decision-making processes that celebrate diversity. So I think all of those kinds of things that I believe will make a great leader in the future of work, um, that's what we're seeing these young founders bring to the table. Wow, and I'm looking right now at your program um, in Tel Aviv. I mean, I've actually, I used to live in Israel. Did uh, you? No, how good, no, how good is the food? <laughs> no, as an entrepreneur, trust me, okay, yeah. as, a, as, a, as a disgusting backpacker. But I was there like for a year. Um, mm -hmm. So I love, I love the place. How good is the food? Absolutely. Um, and I see that it's very interesting what you cover in the two weeks, right? It's a little mm. bit like, it reminds me like this, I mean, when boxers are going to go to, I mean, to, to fight, they have these boot camps where they cover everything, right? Like, mm. like, like stamina and, and fitness and sparring. And in this case, we have product validation, startup mindset, funding and finance. How, how lost are these entrepreneurs when they arrive? Or how, I mean, what's, how much do they already know? I mean, the average member of Hacker yeah. Exchange. And what's the difference when, between their arrival and their departure? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, we, we've sort of found that, you know, calling it uh, like the Hacker Exchange, we get a lot of questions from kids saying, oh, is it just for people doing computer science or IT? Um, and that's probably on, on us a little bit to explain that, no, it's not. It's very much around um, just people that are curious about creating something new. Uh, a lot of the times they just have an idea or they just have a curiosity. And honestly, when we go through our applications and interviews, we're looking for curiosity, passion, grit. Um, those are the things we're looking for uh, rather than a really well-validated idea. Because oftentimes that first idea is possibly not going to be the one that they continue going with. Um, but that's okay because we use it as a vehicle for learning. Uh, some, of our, some of our founders do come in with validated product and they're actually already in market. And in that case, we'll go like an extra step further and help them make really great connections while they're in the ecosystem. They'll go have proper coffees down Sandhill Road or whatever it might be. Um, so I think it just depends. We, we do meet them where they are, but most of the time they're super early. Um, and when they come out, I've been really proud to see a lot of them continue on their journeys, whether it's getting into a, a university accelerator program or an international accelerator program. We've seen some of our hexes, which is what we call them, um, they're pitching on Chinese Shark Tank, they're getting into you know, Brazilian accelerators, they're raising capital, launching in Singapore. Like it's really cool to see some of them continue with their journeys. Um, and you know what? Some of them don't, and that's okay, because I often think that you need that mindset that we create to still be in the places like PwC and in government and in, you know, academia. So we're, I don't mind if a Hexie comes back to Australia and chooses a different career path because I know we've planted some seeds. It's so interesting, the, the education that now entrepreneurs can have. Let's talk a little bit about the, the locations that you have and why the locations. I kind of understand why the locations and they're very mm. smart, uh, but can you give us a little bit of a, of, of a perspective with people? I mean, when we mentioned Tel Aviv, so people may think, um, I mean, why the hell, I mean, a location like Tel Aviv uh, is in, in, in your locations of Hacker Exchange? Yeah, like it's, it's so far to go. And we, we had a couple of students who had never left Adelaide. Oh, like, yeah, wow. We're gonna go to Tel Aviv. <laughs> and they traveled by themselves. I was like, mate, that's ballsy, like good stuff. A hundred percent. It's lucky that it's not Jerusalem because Jerusalem will be even more of a cultural chalk. Okay, wow, that's insane. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, the, the reason we selected Tel Aviv, for various reasons, but I think it's one of those examples of an ecosystem where every part of the country, I guess from a business perspective, is aligned to mm -hmm. supporting innovation. Um, you know, the culture we see in, in Tel Aviv is, is one of community. Uh, there's a lot of um, commonality. People have each other's backs. Sometimes that's put down to culture. Sometimes it's put down to the compulsory military service. 
uh, but really it's it's very well connected and um, there's a there's a really uh, you know the attitude of sharing and abundance is, is something I see very clearly there um, in terms of verticals like they're amazing at ag tech um, defense tech there's some really uh, surprising and exciting startups coming out of Tel Aviv you know big ones like Wix and then uh, recently we went and spoke to a founder that's working on technology to 3D print vegan steaks, you know, like just really interesting um, kinds of tech. And, uh, and for the students, I think for them to see, you know, this geopolitical island thriving and having such a, a vibrant ecosystem, like it just, it, it's inspiring because you realise there's nothing that, there's nothing that should stop you from creating something global if that's what you want to do. It's interesting because I, I find Israelis have absolutely no excuse. And if you travel right, in Israel, yeah. you find like these like forests in the middle of the desert, right? Like these crops in the middle of the desert mm -hmm. that it's almost impossible for anyone out there, but not for Israelis because they will be like, they're willing to give it a go. Yeah, it's, um, it's innovation by necessity, right? It's sort of, you know, you, you, need, to, you need to survive, you need to create something. Um, it's like zero excuses, yeah. It's, it's almost yeah. about results, results, results. Results, yeah. results, yeah. And the, the population in Israel is, is too small to have a comfortable lifestyle business, which is just based on local customers. So they have to think about international customers from the very start and i think that's something that australian founders can really learn from because yeah like you know our population is, is big enough to support a business like you could absolutely do that um but i think i think it's interesting for, for people to think about that from uh from even before they even launch their first company yeah it's so interesting okay so yeah. let's talk a little bit about um how i mean how does the the week work i mean it's almost like going to school i mean tell um, me yeah, pitch me the sorry. idea <laughs> okay so if you if you uh, come along um on the hacker exchange program so we we obviously it's a competitive process we'll do some interviews but then once you're accepted we do some pre -ex some pre-departure chats so we'll make sure we've introduced everybody um, online we get in touch but the actual program itself is roughly divided into i guess thirds um if you think about the time split to thirds um, one third of the time is classes and workshops uh, and those are taught by actual founders, people that have really gone through it. So you're not learning necessarily lean canvas from a, an academic, you're learning it from a founder who's actually used it in their business um, or use the principles in their business. Um, so we'll do some classes and workshops um, around that. The second third is immersion into the ecosystem. And so why, by that I mean, it could be a, a tour to a, a startup office and actually just walk around and speak to the people developing code or, or, or you know, developing HR strategies. Um, We'll visit some of the tech giants in the city. So we'll always have at least one or two tech giants on the agenda. And by that, I mean like a, a Facebook or a Google, which is pretty interesting to for students to just get a glimpse of what it looks like inside the building. We try not to make it like a tech tourism kind of thing. That's not what we're about. Um, and then also with the immersion into the ecosystem, we have, you know, we'll create meetups. We'll connect them with local students and founders. Um, we'll get VCs in from the ecosystem to do AMAs. Um, and then the final third of the time is actual uh, work time. So that's get out of the building. That's actually start building your product. That's work on your pitch. Um, and we see some really amazing results in that time uh, when the students are kind of under pressure. And of course, we, we have the final pitch, which is usually to ecosystem uh, experts and investors. Okay, so one of the, I mean, the little, the little hustler, I mean, inside me is yeah. actually wondering, I mean, when does entrepreneur is ready enough? I mean, how much education do they need? And I'm pretty sure there's going to be people out there saying to you, well, I launched my startup. Mm. I never did anything. Yeah. Um, and so can, can we talk a little bit about, about that is, um, I mean, 
people are going Does to tell do you, you, do you need education or not? Like, yeah, yes. Well, yeah. I mean, how has been your experience with this? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's a really interesting question because I mean, I was one of the people that was um, super skeptical when I saw all these things coming up around you know, the masters of entrepreneurship and all that kind of stuff. And I'd look at it and go, well, surely the best way to learn entrepreneurship is to JFDI, right? To like, just get involved. Um, but, and I think, I think I still, I still believe that to an extent. I still think you need to actually do something <laughs> in the real world um, before you can, uh, before you can sort of learn it. But I think if you think about it like a muscle, you know, entrepreneurship is something that can definitely be learnt. I don't know if it can be taught, but it can be learnt. Um, and it's a muscle. So we, we sort of just have this, as you sort of said, like with the boxes, it's, it's a bit of a boot camp. It's like flex that muscle, do that stretch, see how it feels. Does that fit for you? And even if you don't necessarily use this to become a founder, how could you flex those muscles in your future career that's going to help the Australian economy? So, so we sort of see our role as being more of a, an eye-opener a global connector, like just feeding those drops of curiosity. It's not, I don't, I would never tell a founder you have to do courses before you know how to be a founder. That's certainly not, not in my, yeah, that's not, not, I would not say that to founders. Yeah, completely. I, I yeah. love the fact you, that, that you mentioned what are your that. Thoughts on that. Well, I love the fact that you mentioned that they don't have to become founders and that, I mean, yeah. that this training is going to help them with, with anything out there. And one of the things that I found, because I was previously, I was telling you in, in StartCon is, almost like this pressure, right? That they have to launch something, regardless of what happens, they have to launch something. And in many cases, there's no need to launch something so early, but if they have the education, um, it, I mean, it's going to help them to at least make a decision that is a little yeah. bit less stressful. Just gives them a little bit more confidence, I think. Like it's, it's just saying, you, you know, you've done this exercise before. So if you do ever feel inspired to do it again in whatever capacity that is, you've kind of got some of the tools and some of the, the muscles to go with it. Um, but honestly, like before, before starting the Hacker Exchange, I was a completely traditional corporate career girl. Like I worked in financial services, I worked in energy, I did marketing, I did, you know, like product development. So like, and, you know, very, very traditional upbringing. Um, I think I grew up thinking that career and success was linear. So you know, I could, I was, um, you know, I'm, I'm an Asian woman, so I'm like a complete cliche. I learnt violin at the age of two, did oh Chinese school on okay. Saturday mornings. Um, you know, I went to, I did uh, business at, at, you know, economics at Monash University. So You're the opposite of me, okay. I'm Colombian, so it's <laughs> yeah. like completely chaos. Okay, love it. <laughs> so I had, I had the, the, the tiger mom who I adore and love. Um, but, I, you know, I, I did grow up honestly thinking that there is one way to be successful in your career, and that is to get a really good corporate job and to wear the cufflinks and to, you know, get up through the corporate ranks. And, mate, like, I really liked my corporate career. I enjoyed it. But I think what I learned during that time was that it, it, it's a game and you can learn how to play the game. Um, and in some cases, the game is a little bit rigged. You know, I, I didn't love the way that the business looked, um, particularly at the top end of town. And so with the Hacker Exchange creating this business it's just a way for me to say okay I get that game but I'm building some I'm creating a new game you know this is this is mine um and that you know and I didn't go to a course to learn that that was more of a just get your hands dirty and, and see how you go it's so interesting because you I've been doing this I've been doing uh, the the show is launching next week okay yeah, right cool. now I mean being completely honest I mean to people out there Right now is May the third, and I'm pre-recording this show, and I've interviewed 20 people. And you're the first person that asked me why are you doing this. That it was interesting because I, I was like, 
like I didn't know how to answer. Oh yeah. And and one of the things that that I find interesting is um, that we're not measuring happiness, right? With founders, with entrepreneurs. Mm. And I went to uh, a startup conference uh, where I spoke, and I was mm-hmm. talking to founders, and I realized, wait two seconds, they're not really happy. Okay, so mm. can we talk about about the, the importance to? I mean, what have you seen with people with this pressure that we were talking before the show yeah. of of in the community where everyone feels that they need to get the funding, they need to be the next big thing, the big, big the next yeah. unicorn. Yeah, I mean. I think that kind of I completely hear what you're saying and I think it's um it's a really interesting conversation to have with founders because I'll, I'll be honest like my journey from corporate to to entrepreneur has been you know I, I took it slow because I was I was nervous I was nervous around you know my financial situation what my family and friends would think I still had that feeling of who gave me permission to build anything oh like, wow okay. you know who said that you were allowed mm-hmm. to do this um so I probably, I took three months off my corporate job, went back part-time for nine months and then finally went full-time in the business. Um, and I, I am happier probably, I think, I'm happier <laughs> than I was because I'm, you know, I've got control over what I'm doing. However, I completely see, you know, a lot of the young students and founders we work with, they do watch Gary Vee. They watch, they hear the language that we use in the startup community. Are you crushing it? Are you killing it? Are you, are you going to smash it out of the park today? Like just listen to how violent and aggressive like some of that language is. I um, never thought that actually. Right? Okay. Yeah. Wow. And I think they hear that and, you know, I try to be really conscious around how we coach and, and nurture um, these people because success is not linear and there is many, many versions of success. And I think it's actually up to the individual to decide what happiness looks like for them. And it's really difficult when you're surrounded by language that, and, and sort of role models that only look a certain way. So I, I'm personally really passionate and I think what you're doing is great in terms of like showcasing different kinds of founders and different kinds of entrepreneurs because you need to see that stuff because if you don't see it being done in the way that you identify with, you're going to feel like the entire industry is not for you. Um, and the worst thing possibly I've seen, like I, I've seen in conferences that I think it was a some uh, some one of the women in tech kind of conferences a, a founder got up on stage and she said I had to you know I you know sold, sold my house lost all my friends didn't talk to my family I didn't sleep I barely exercised and she she described this life of uh, stress and, and hardship but she kind of did it with pride and she was like yeah you know you have to do this you know you have to go all in if you think you're going to wow. be successful and and I honestly heard a young girl in the audience turn to her dad and say, dad, I don't think I want to be an entrepreneur. And that was my that, God. That, that is that, mind blowing. Okay. Very right? interesting. And so that, that's the kind of thing that I think we're in danger of losing talented people. If we only showcase one form of success in entrepreneurship. Well, it's, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, one of the, one of the interviews that, that blew my mind is um, I, I actually, I mentioned to you, I was, I was talking mm. to Christy, uh, Lady Lawrence, and he mentioned that she had a panic attack. Actually, she mentioned in the interview yeah. uh, that a panic attack ended up with an ambulance. Oh my God. Yes. Based That's on an overwhelming level of tech, um, of, of customer support tickets. Yeah. So the right. app, because something happened, the app yeah. went down and she was in a wedding while all this was happening. Right, um, and she's very candid and very open about this, and I don't think people realize how important is uh, the mental uh, health part. And I think what I love of Hacker Exchange is 
that I'm well aware about the power of community. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure these guys, I mean, I mean, in the photos, I mean, the alumni of Hacker Exchange later on become their own support group, right? If they become startup mm. founders or entrepreneurs full time, they're going to help each other in the future, right? Oh, I really hope so. I think, I think, you know, and, and for me, because, like taking steps in this journey, I couldn't have done it without connecting with community. Um, I sort of found it by accident through, um, I think I did some courses at General Assembly and sort of went to free events. And, and I would say like to any entrepreneur, like get out there and see who's, who's out there, who's speaking. And I ended up falling in with the, the like-minded bitches drinking wine, which I'm sure you've heard of a couple of yeah, times on this show. Coolest name ever, right? right? <laughs> um, and yeah, it was fairly early days when I joined. Um, I think they had, you know, just a, I'm going to say just a few thousand members on Facebook. Uh, now they're at over, I think, 100,000. Um, and I ended up becoming the Melbourne ambassador for the bitches. And wow, being, so cool. Yeah, it was super cool. And I mean, being, being able to help bring together a community of creative, uh, like ambitious women, um, even ones who were just curious, like a lot of them were still working their day jobs and just didn't know what they wanted to do, but they felt like they wanted to explore. Um, and that was such a privilege. And, I, you know, like... Props to, to Jen George and Jane Lou for kicking off the group, obviously, but um, being able to work with them and, and sort of help create that community in Melbourne, that really, like, I can't, I absolutely cannot overstate how much that helped me in the early days. Just having a, a, link, a WhatsApp group to send a message to or a venting space or, you know, a supportive community where there's no judgment and everyone's okay with being very helpful and helpful. Um, yeah, that was that was amazing, and so I, I do think that community is is essential for for founder mental health. And whether it's a large community or a, a small group that you curate, um, yeah, you have to have it. Otherwise, you can't you can't do this in a vacuum. Yeah, completely. Now, for people that are listening to these and they're going, you know what, this is awesome. I mean, I, I can't wait to, I mean, to go and have a cultural chalk in, in Tel Aviv or San Francisco. <laughs> I guess, I guess they, it's, it's pretty funny. It's like Tel Aviv is like the cultural chalk and, and Singapore and San Francisco is like, yeah, let's go party. That's awesome. Yeah. And obviously, obviously in Melbourne. Yeah, you actually. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's a very cool. I, I, I used to work cleaning <laughs> cleaning bars, so yeah, I know. I never oh. party, but I was what, the back pocket cleaning. It sounds sticky. Uh, it sounds horrible. You don't want to know. <laughs> now, the, where do you see that is the biggest need in education for uh, for new entrepreneurs? I mean, let's talk about is it is it creating the idea or is I mean getting traction, getting marketing? Where do you think that they are a bit more? I mean, lost in their path yeah yep that's a that's a really interesting question um we we have such a diverse range of students um from everything from like marketing to food science to gaming um and the one thing that everybody struggles with is this articulation of of their story um and the articulation of their their reason as to why the business exists i I really think that storytelling and human connection is one of those things that will never go away in business and particularly in startups where getting people excited about your mission is one of the, the biggest challenges. So no matter what background they're from, that, that kind of education is, is super important. Um, I think also there's a level of just confidence. Like it's not, it's not a skill, it's more of a feeling. Um, and I think that relates not just to the young people, but also to career changes. So people 10, 15 years into a career that want to take their side hustle more mainstream, it's the confidence part to say, you have the skills, you have the permission um, to continue to build something. It's, it's okay that it's going to be you doing this. Um, and so, so I think it's, it's definitely um, 
yeah, and, and then I guess I, from a technical perspective, we do get a lot of people that struggle to put what they want to create into a product. So that there's probably like those three elements. There's the pitching and storytelling, there's the confidence, and then there's the actual translating it into something real that can be sold. Um, yeah. I, I love that you mentioned storytelling. I'm, I'm such mm. a huge fan of storytelling. And it's interesting because I mentioned the past. I mean, one of my biggest challenges when I interview people and startup founders is we need to find the story, right? I mean, mm. it'll be 45 minutes, one hour talking about your business, about your vision. If there's no story and you cannot, I mean, I mean communicate your story, it's going to be very difficult for people to be inspired with yeah. what you're doing, right? Um, and I think, I, mean, I, I think one of the things I see when I go to Hacker Exchange, and I suggest people to go to Hacker Exchange, when I see the photos of people, I go, huh, I wonder what they're building, right? I mean, it's mm -hmm. like, I would love to know more about, um, about the story behind these people. And I think, yeah, I love that you mentioned that. It's, it's, it's vital for grow hacking also. Yeah, and I mean, we can certainly do, you know, I'd love to do more of that. And that's, thank you for the idea, actually, of um, like highlighting, you know, the alumni and actually what they're building and why, they, why they've sort of self-selected um, to do something like this. So, yeah, I'm going to, I'm writing that down, literally, as something that I'd like to work on. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, could, I could story, <laughs> yeah, I could storytell about these guys all day long. Like, we've got, we've got Annette from Takuma, who's creating a, a single, um, a drone and robotics controller uh, that can be used with a single hand rather than two hands. Um, we've got uh, Carlos from Moomoo. He's, uh, he's creating a, a platform to help you um, get, no matter how small your social media influence is, to kind of collect points in the real world uh, for, for retail. So he's got some agreements wow. through, like internationally and, and in Australia. Um, Sean from Care Connect and Adelaide is building a, a communications platform for the aged care network. I mean, they were all coming from, oh, you know, Alicia, she's creating a, a golfing, a golfing platform inspired by her like grandfather who was a golfing legend, but like, there's amazing founders in our network. Um, and then you've got the corporates, right? That you've got people like uh, a gentleman called Poochie. He's, he's over at EY working on their, their innovation platform. And we had our oldest um, founder. He was in his, I'm going to say late seventies. And he was one of those guys that was never stopped learning. He came, he was from Mildura. He was doing an ag tech platform. Like we, you know, we see so many cool stories. Yeah, Gab, like, thank you for just bringing that up. It just, I could go on forever, but I, I won't. <laughs> but you can see why I get out of bed in the morning, right? Like this is why. This is yeah, why completely. So yeah. cool. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the mentors because the mentors is actually something awesome, right? I mean, having people that we can actually ask questions without having to pay. I mean, people that, I mean, officially we'll be charging mm. a lot of money for, for coaching. Let's talk about the mentors that uh, Hacker Exchange offers. Yeah, I mean, I think mentorship is, is super crucial. Um, and we, we sort of do it. We're, we're really part of the, the mentors we've curated across the different cities. Um, some of them we've actually got a, a really lovely relationship with, oh, quite symbiotic. So the team over at Sunkable, based in San Francisco, they do kind of like a, I'm going to say it's almost like Squarespace, but for mobile app development, like kind of a click and a modulized sort of app development platform. Um, and we have their CEO, there's, you know, their customer operations team as their our mentors, but at the same time, we're bringing them people who can look at their product and give them feedback as people who may be users in the future. So it's a really nice symbiotic relationship. Um, you know, John Noy over in SF, he's a, he's a master software engineer, you know, author of, amazing books about interviewing in Swift. Um, he's had multiple apps in the top of the app store. Um, 
people over in uh, over in Tel Aviv, you know, uh, Erez Naver, we've worked with him. He's over at Facebook doing product. Um, he's a little bit secretive, but that's that's totally understandable. Uh, <laughs> um, and we've been really lucky also to work with, I guess, some of the more official partners like the Australian Landing Pad. Um, so we, we've tracked the Landing Pad um, team over in SF and Tel Aviv and Singapore. Like they've been really supportive to sort of show Aussie entrepreneurs the support that they can have from a government perspective as well um, if they happen to head overseas. And obviously you have um, uh, these um, mentors, I was losing my, I was speaking, yeah. I was speaking in Spanish, these mentors in, uh, in different areas, right? Obviously it's going to be funding, it's going to be, I mean, product yeah, development. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all different, all different vibes. Um, and actually one of the things that I'm particularly proud about is that we've we've done a bit of a, a measurement on our speaker um, and mentor numbers and we've actually got 55% of our speakers and mentors who are female, which makes me really happy because I think it's a nice, you know, as I said before, you can't, you can't be something that you haven't seen as a role model. Um, and in particular, you know, we focus on putting people who are from underrepresented, um, you know, groups such as, such as venture capital or, or product engineering, we'll put, a, you know, a woman of colour up on stage to talk about venture capital. Um, instead of your typical Silicon Valley bro uh, in a, you know, vest. Um, you know, we, and that's a conscious choice for us <laughs> because we think it's important for the students to see different kinds of leaders. Yeah, 100%. So let's talk a little bit, a little bit about, about that. It's, it's so important. You actually travel, I mean, to all these locations. How do you see the, the percentage of female founders in places like Tel Aviv um, or, or San Francisco versus, I mean, Australia? How are we doing compared to those guys? Not great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, oh, no, I mean, like, um, Tel Aviv, the, the Israeli, the Israeli uh, women founders, like, they, they're just bosses. Like, I, I've been incredibly impressed by um, the representation. They can kill you at any stage, right? They have, they, like... Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, military training and brains. Um, so, you know, we, we, see, we see some great founders in Israel. I think, um, honestly, we're, we're looking for them. So... Mm -hmm. I think I think that's that's the key, really. Like we could we could probably throw out all the stats and say, you know, it's this percent or that percent. And I mean, at the Hacker Exchange, we're at forty four percent, I think, women enrollment, which which is you know not bad. Um, but the fact is, when we go to these cities, I'm I'm looking I'm looking for the bet for great you know female founders and and other sort of non um, non majority founders to showcase because. I think it's important. And so I, I honestly, like, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't reel off the stats, but I think Aussies are doing okay, but I'd love to okay. see more people actually, you know, taking the time to look, to look for that representation because I think it's there. Um, so I, I often think that whole, you know, that whole thing about, oh, we can't find a woman for the panel because there was no qualified women. That's bullshit. Like they're there. You just have to go, you have to take it on board and look a little bit harder. Um, so yeah, that, that's probably not exactly what you were after, but, uh, no, yeah, I completely. Okay. Yeah. It, it's interesting that you mentioned about how, how boss, I mean, um, the Israelis are. And in this, in this podcast, one of the things I found out is that the, the women that come to the show, I mean, like you, they're actually bosses, right? They are like, <laughs> they're like super tough cookies because they have to deal not only with the pressure of launching something, but obviously there's, um, there's going to be a little bit more, more friction in, in, a few, in a few things, right? Um, like raising capital and things like that, especially when there's this um, bloke mentality in the in the tech world in San Francisco. That yeah. I mean, it, it, it makes you be more more Beyonce. I, I saw that yeah. one. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. I've been using uh, right now on your Instagram. 
uh, it's so funny. In your Instagram, there's all these cool quotes. And I'm writing a book at the moment. And I mm -hmm. saw your quote, Beyonce wasn't built in a day. <laughs> uh, and that's been my sentence this whole week. It's, it's true though, right? I mean, she, you know, she, she's, it's, it's kind of like what you were saying before around that, that concept of the overnight success or the, the person that's up on up front and center who's raised 20 mil in a weekend. They've probably been working for 10 years. <laughs> like, exactly. So, right. You know, um, and I really, I really think that's important for, for especially the young founders to know, like if you don't inverted commas crush it, in your first year in business that's totally normal like it's it's actually it's actually all right and um we just want them to not give up you know we want them to just keep doing keep having that bias towards action um and beyonce wasn't built in the day she she's worked really hard she's had a great support team she's super creative and she she does the work right so <laughs> um yeah but i mean what you said before about like being a, a woman founder and um i think the female founder community is super strong what, what I would like to see, honestly, um, is uh, a little bit more, you know, I think I, I need my women founder community, but I also have realized in the last year, I need more male founder mates. Like I actually would like to hear more about, because we get so caught up in our own little communities. It would be really cool to expand that network, um, join them up a bit, maybe have some mixes because there is a different style of doing business. And I do, when I do sit down with some of my male founder friends, the way they describe their thought process and the way they describe their experiences they're, they're very different to mine and I almost don't realize how different they are until you do sit down and compare notes um, and so I think having men hearing more women's stories and, and vice versa I think is, is really important. It's, it's so interesting I, I did an interview with uh, Lloyd uh, Buckling he is a, the founder of Method of Denim he makes these jean jackets oh, customized cool. that are super badass I mean he was telling me about how it's, it's difficult. Sounds like a merchandise and opportunity. A hundred percent, right? And I was like, uh, he was telling me how, I mean, he struggles with self-doubt like we all do, right? And mm. it was very interesting, the interview. But the, the next day, I interview uh, Tashi Dorji from Two Space. And yeah. he was telling me that he is actually in, in a Two Space location. And he was talking to another founder that is helping, helping him with his own self-doubt. And he, that founder was Lloyd that I interviewed oh, really? before. So it's exactly. So, so the point is, it's interesting how we're all in the same path trying, mm. I mean, dealing with our own inner BS and, and self-doubt. And if we just connect, we got to realize that we're all suffering of the same. We're not Beyonce syndrome, right? Yeah, we, we want to be Beyonce <laughs> and we can figure out why we're not there after four days. You, yeah, you're not Beyonce, you're not Gary Vee. Uh, you may never be, but you might, you're, going to be, you're going to be yourself, right? You're going and to be and that's you refreshing, are. I think. I think yeah. that's the best part. Absolutely. Um, now, for people that are looking for more information, tell me a little bit, I mean, give us a quick overview. How does this work? I know you have a few locations, Silicon Valley in December. How awesome is this? I kind of feel like if I could put my kids somewhere for, for I mean, for two weeks and go there. So tell me a little bit about the plans. How babysitting children? Um, you will have the cutest two-year-old ever, so you can oh, babysit shoot. him. It will be amazing. You, you will love it. Uh, well, we can we can train him early. One hundred percent. Okay, tell me about the, about the, the next the next plans of Hacker Exchange for people to to join potentially this year. Yeah, sure. So I mean, we're heading to Singapore um, June July this year. So those are pretty much full up. But we have another Singapore cohort heading over in October, which is probably enough time to do some planning. Um, Silicon Valley will be uh, end of the year. So that's um, first two weeks of December. Uh, and then early next year, we're heading back to Tel Aviv. But but also like really um, excitingly, it's not just for students. It's also for um, 
people that might be wanting to change careers or, or people doing some extra learning. And we've partnered with um, Deakin Co, which is a, one of the leaders here in um, the tertiary sector to offer uh, micro-credentials. So we're actually working on uh, a project where we, we believe, and <laughs> I'm going to put this out there, we believe that you can do a program with us um, and do a little bit of extra work with us and potentially emerge with enough credit points to go towards a graduate certificate. So that's, that's kind of the way we want to hack university. We think that there's ways that you can hack tertiary learning um, as well as getting a startup kicked off at the same time. So uh, I really, I'm aware that founders are, are, are cash strapped. Um, we're not out here trying to take founder like hard earned and hard needed money um, for a program that you don't need. Um, so, you know, if that's something that people are concerned about, like we have funding options and some scholarship options as well. So uh, definitely open to those discussions. Um, for people that reckon they could use some some global networking. That's so cool. Um, I, I think this is such a good opportunity for anyone out there. And I actually think that more, I mean, founders that are already in their startup, I mean, already building a startup should actually, I mean, join this because sometimes having a fresh set of, um, mm. of, of eyes or, or fresh, I mean, knowledge um, is always going to help people to, to make smarter decisions in the future. Yeah, I completely agree. That just having a different perspective um, and, and getting out of your own head. And also sometimes just like being in a place that blows your mind. The mental break. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking that like how amazing it will be to mm. leave for two weeks and just talk to other people and just think a little bit, right? Yeah. Think a little, and also like just being physically away from your day to day life. You don't have to do laundry. You know, you don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to go to, do you know you what I mean? You sold like, me already. <laughs> like there's, <laughs> you don't have to cook dinner every night. Like it's, it's just, it's be taken away from your, your grind for a different kind of grind. Um, but it's a, it's a choice, you know, and I think um, that level of, you know, being able to really focus intently for two weeks, we don't often have that, that luxury for, um, for deep work and for, uh, you know, for really investing in, in ourselves and our connections. So yeah, I really, you know, I'd love to meet, I'd love to meet some more founders who think that this could be interesting. And honestly, people have got other ideas and other destinations, mate. I'm open to learning and I'm open to taking on suggestions. We're still, we're still learning and growing and, and testing and as everybody is. Um, yeah. And so, so I absolutely invite people to reach out to me directly with anything they've got in mind. I think we just found a new tagline. I mean, right on your website says, welcome to Hacker Exchange, connecting next generation leaders to global innovation cities. Mm. We could make it like two weeks of no laundry. Okay. Be, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. The conversion rate is going to increase. Welcome to the market. Hacker Exchange. We do fluff and fold. <laughs> exactly. Just eat we delicious don't. food. <laughs> delicious food and where can you start up i mean what, what could be better that's um, awesome yeah well I, I can't wait to see what's going to happen with you guys in the future i'm pretty sure you will you will be in in more cities and um, i'm going to recommend this to anyone out there that is looking to have a, a break in 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 learning and being able to connect with other other future hackers and this will be very cool when these young people become the next CEOs of the next unicorns in Australia. It'll be very interesting to for you to be able to blackmail them with their cute photos when they were getting right. drunk in Israel, right? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think I don't have those. <laughs> no, they got these the hexes. Like I'm so proud of them. They're going to come out. They're going to blow your minds. Like in the next few years, I have absolutely no doubt we're going to see some of these these founders building amazing things and being involved in amazing projects and. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super proud of them and I'm, I can't wait to meet the next group. Uh, and it's, it's very personal. For, I, th for I think you should be proud. This is a great idea and I think we need more like this. So, so much for being on the show. It's been awesome. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much.
Well, guys, that's it. This is show number 17. Thank you so much for, for being here. I hope that you enjoyed the show as much as I did. And if you want to check out the new website of Startup Founders, well, head to startupfounders.com.au. All the episodes and a lot of resources so far, I have added, believe it or not, over 1,855 links for you beautiful people out there. If you're looking for resources about your startup and how to go to the next level, go and check out startupfounders.com.au. Everything is absolutely free. Thank you so much for listening to the show, and I will see you on the next episode here once again at Startup Founders.